This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of quadrilateral space syndrome from the shoulder and elbow section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick summary. Quadrilateral space syndrome is a rare source of posterolateral shoulder pain caused by the compression of the axillary nerve and posterior humeral circumflex artery in the quadrilateral space. Diagnosis is clinical with point tenderness over the quadrilateral space and possible presence of teres minor atrophy. MRI studies may show axillary nerve compression. Treatment involves a course of NSAIDs, activity modification, and physical therapy with surgical decompression indicated in refractory cases. Now, let's get into the episode. Starting with epidemiology, as far as incidence of quadrilateral space syndrome, this is rare and often misdiagnosed as subacromial impingement. In terms of demographics, quadrilateral space syndrome can affect patients 20 to 40 years old. With respect to anatomic location, quadrilateral space syndrome most commonly affects the dominant shoulder. Risk factors include overhead movement athletes, for example, basketball players, as well as contact or throwing sports. Moving on to etiology, with respect to pathophysiology, the mechanism of injury related to quadrilateral space syndrome is compression and reduction of the quadrangular space due to iatrogenic causes like tight fibrous bands or muscular hypertrophy, paralabral cysts, which is most commonly secondary to inferior labral tears, trauma, for example, scapular fractures or shoulder dislocations, and benign or malignant masses. In terms of the pathomechanics of quadrilateral space syndrome, Keep in mind that the greatest amount of compression occurs when the arm is positioned in the late cocking phase of throwing, that is abduction and external rotation. Now let's go over some relevant anatomy, specifically of the quadrangular space. In terms of location, the quadrangular space is lateral to the triangular space and medial to the triangular interval. The boundary superiorly is the teres minor, inferiorly is the teres major, medially is the long head of the triceps brachii, and laterally is the surgical neck of the humerus. The contents of the quadrangular space include the axillary nerve, and the quadrangular space also includes the posterior circumflex humeral artery. Moving on to the presentation of quadrilateral space syndrome, symptoms include poorly localized pain of the posterior slash lateral shoulder, which is often worse at night, and is also worse with overhead activity or late cocking slash acceleration phases of throwing. Other symptoms include non-dermatomal distribution of paresthesia along the lateral shoulder and arm, as well as shoulder external rotation weakness. On physical exam in these patients, inspection may reveal atrophy of the teres minor and deltoid. Palpation may reveal point tenderness over the quadrangular space. And in terms of motion and strength assessment, you may find external rotation weakness with the arm abducted in the throwing position, and pain may be exacerbated by active and resisted abduction and external rotation of the arm. Finally, in terms of neurological examination, this is usually normal. However, patients may have mild sensory changes in the axillary nerve distribution. Moving on to imaging, recommended views on radiographs include a standard shoulder series, which includes an AP, lateral, and axillary views. Findings are usually normal, however, should be used to rule out pathologic entities. An MRI is often used to rule out rotator cuff pathology. Findings may show atrophy of the teres minor, as this has axillary innervation, it may show compression of the quadrilateral space, and it may show an inferior paralabral cyst associated with a labral tear. An arteriogram may show a lesion in the posterior humeral circumflex artery. Finally, an EMG is used to confirm the diagnosis of quadrilateral space syndrome. As far as findings, EMG will show axillary nerve involvement. Moving on to treatment of quadrilateral space syndrome, this can be non-operative or operative. 
Non-operative management can include NSAIDs, activity restriction, and physiotherapy as the first line of treatment. Specific non-operative techniques include glenohumeral joint mobilization and strengthening, posterior capsule stretching, and massage. As far as outcomes, most people improve with three to six months of non-operative treatment. Another potential non-operative modality is a diagnostic lidocaine block, which will help to confirm the diagnosis. The technique involves injecting plain lidocaine directly into the quadrilateral space. The starting point is 2 to 3 centimeters inferior to the standard posterior shoulder arthroscopy portal. As far as outcomes, a diagnostic lidocaine block is positive if there is no point tenderness or pain with full range of motion of the shoulder following injection. Operative options include nerve decompression, which is indicated when there is failure of non-operative management, when there is significant weakness and functional disability, and for decompression of a space-occupying lesion. The technique involves open release of the quadrilateral space plus or minus arthroscopic repair of a labral tear. Now let's talk about open quadrilateral space decompression in a bit more detail. The approach will be in a lateral decubitus position. The incision will be 3 to 4 centimeters over the quadrilateral space. You will then identify the posterior border of the deltoid and reflex superolaterally, and then expose the fat in the quadrilateral space between the teres minor and teres major. As far as the technique, be sure to identify the axillary nerve by using the humeral neck as reference. Be sure to avoid cutting the posterior circumflex artery, free any fibrous lesions adhering to the nerve, and ensure the nerve is completely free of compression by moving the arm into abduction and external rotation. Postoperative care should include an immediate sling for comfort, early pendulum exercises to avoid new adhesions, and progress to full active range of motion with supervised physiotherapy. Finally, to end this review session talking about the prognosis of quadrilateral space syndrome, know that long-standing cases often causes atrophy slash weakness of the teres minor and deltoid. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic might be tested. First question. A 32-year-old patient presents with persistent right shoulder pain and weakness over the past five months. He's a professional baseball pitcher and has well-developed shoulder and arm musculature. Pain is reproducible with associated weakness upon resisted shoulder external rotation when abducted to 90 degrees. Which muscle or muscles is slash are affected and what is the most likely etiology? And the choices are one, supraspinatus and infraspinatus, and the etiology is suprascapular nerve compression at the suprascapular notch. 2. Subscapularis, and the etiology is traction neuropraxia on the upper subscapular nerve. 3. Infraspinatus, and the etiology is suprascapular nerve compression at the spinoglenoid notch. 4. Teres minor, and the etiology is axillary nerve compression at the quadrilateral space. And 5. Infraspinatus, with the etiology being tendinopathy at the greater tuberosity insertion. The correct answer to this question is for teres minor, and the etiology is axillary nerve compression at the quadrilateral space. So the patient is presenting with persistent shoulder pain and teres minor weakness consistent with quadrilateral space syndrome. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, supraspinatus and infraspinatus, with the etiology being suprascapular nerve compression at the suprascapular notch, is incorrect, as suprascapular nerve compression at the suprascapular notch will lead to atrophy of the supraspinatus and infraspinatus, which will cause weakness with shoulder abduction and external rotation with the arm at the side. Answer 2, subscapularis, with the etiology being traction neuropraxia on the upper subscapular nerve, is incorrect, as atrophy of the subscapularis due to neuropraxia is rare, as it receives innervation from the upper and lower subscapular nerve. 
Answer three, infraspinatus, with the etiology being suprascapular nerve compression at the spinal glenoid notch, is incorrect as infraspinatus atrophy can occur from a spinal glenoid cyst, which will cause isolated external rotation weakness with the arm at the side. Finally, answer five, infraspinatus, with the etiology being tendinopathy at the greater tuberosity insertion, is incorrect as infraspinatus atrophy can occur from a chronic tear with retraction. However, this patient's presentation does not suggest this. To quickly review, quadrilateral space syndrome is the result of pathological compression of the axillary nerve and posterior humeral circumflex artery. It occurs in the quadrilateral space, which is formed by the confluence of the teres minor superiorly, teres major inferiorly, long head of the triceps medially, and the surgical neck of the humerus laterally. Compression of the axillary nerve leads to atrophy of the teres minor and in some cases the deltoid. Patients typically present with pain in the affected shoulder and weakness with external rotation with the arm abducted to 90 degrees. Chafik et al. performed a cadaveric study looking at motor innervation of the teres minor. The authors found that there are two anatomic variants of fascial envelopment of the teres minor with the primary motor nerve taking a highly angulated course at the level of the fascial sling. The authors concluded that a stout fascial sling could be the cause of a motor nerve compression to the teres minor. Cruz et al. performed a retrospective cohort study of patients that underwent surgical decompression of the nerve to the teres minor for isolated teres minor atrophy. The authors found that patients that underwent decompression noticed a significant improvement in pain as well as resolution of weakness demonstrated by the Hornblower's test. The authors concluded that release of the fascial sling to the teres minor is an effective treatment for isolated teres minor atrophy. Friend et al. performed a combined cadaver dissection of the axillary nerve and radiological study of isolated teres minor atrophy. The authors found many anatomical variations of the axillary nerve with various possible sites of compression and isolated cases of teres minor atrophy to be clinically distinct from cases of quadrilateral space syndrome. The authors concluded that isolated teres minor atrophy is common with an unclear etiology due to anatomical variations of the axillary nerve. Moving on to the next question. A 24-year-old patient complains of vague right shoulder pain. On physical exam, the patient is noted to have weakness with external rotation. EMG findings are consistent with quadrilateral space syndrome. Along with the deltoid, what other muscle is affected? And the choices are 1, teres major, 2, teres minor, 3, pectoralis major, 4, supraspinatus, and 5, subscapularis. The correct answer to this question is 2, teres minor. So the axillary nerve passes through the quadrilateral space on its path to innervate the teres minor and deltoid to provide sensation to the lateral arm. This syndrome is caused by compression of the posterior humeral circumflex artery and axillary nerve or one of its major branches in the quadrilateral space. Forward flexion and or abduction and external rotation of the humerus aggravate the symptoms. In some individuals, especially throwers, the nerve can become irritated from the repetitive motion leading to nerve dysfunction. This condition is usually self-limited. And moving on to the final question, a professional baseball pitcher developed shoulder pain, weakness, and lateral arm paresthesias in his throwing arm. T1-weighted MRI of the posterior shoulder shows fatty infiltration of the teres minor. T1-weighted axial MRI shows fatty infiltration of the deltoid. What is the diagnosis? And the choices are 1, Parsonage-Turner syndrome, 2, long thoracic neuritis, 3, quadrilateral space syndrome, 4, internal impingement, and five, external impingement. The correct answer to this question is three, quadrilateral space syndrome. 
So if you have good situational awareness and know that we're going over questions about quadrilateral space syndrome, you should have gotten this question correct. But to quickly review, the patient has quadrilateral space syndrome with the resulting axillary nerve deficit. Once again, the axillary nerve passes through the quadrilateral space on its path to innervate the teres minor and deltoid and to provide sensation to the lateral arm. In throwers, the nerve can become irritated, presumably from the repetitive motion, leading to nerve dysfunction. And this is usually self-limited. The paper by McAdams et al. describes good results in four overhead athletes treated with surgical release of the nerve following failure of non-operative treatment. That's all for this review about quadrilateral space syndrome. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com. And in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.